You guys want to stand and sing with us?
Mosaic, it is good to be together this morning. I want to invite you to be seated right where you're at. And Would you join me as I pray? God, thank you for this family of which we all are a part. We all come here having gone through this week experiencing so many different things, feeling so many different feelings. And we bring all of those experiences, we we bring all of those feelings with us. Maybe for some of us here this morning, our, our bodies, our souls are tired and weary. God, we ask that you would give rest. Maybe for some of us, we feel it deep in our bones and in our gut, and we're angry. God, we bring that anger to you. We ask that you would turn hearts of stone to hearts of flesh that would learn to beat with compassion again. God, some of us are here, and um, we're experiencing joy and a lightness. Oh, thank you for those beautiful moments. May those of us experiencing that be willing to share our lives with others all around us. God, so do something beautiful in our midst this morning, we pray. Amen. Well, Mosaic, it is a special morning, Child Dedication Sunday, such a beautiful opportunity to collectively say, God's blessing comes to us uh, in these children that are not only a part of our church family, but they are a part of God's family and all he is doing in the world. Mosaic, I want to take a moment and just collectively acknowledge what's happening in this sacred moment together. We're acknowledging that children are a gift from God a clear sign that his blessing has come to us. We acknowledge that God loves these children even more than we do. The origin of these children is God's love. And God is always loving these children each and every step of their life. That is a beautiful, beautiful reality. God invites us to practice presence with our children, that we would actually see them, that we would know their names, that we would not be afraid to get down at their level and look at them in the eye. Right now, back in our children's wings, so many um, of our Mosaic volunteers are with our kids right now. Um, I want to be that pastor who says, we never have a problem filling our kids' spaces because we're a church that practices presence with our children. God invites us to introduce our children to Jesus in his heart for them and for the world. And also, God warns us not to put any stumbling block in the way of these children. And so we want to humble ourselves and say, God, the last thing we want to do is put any stumbling block in the way of these kids, that they would see that you are loved, that you are good, that you are faithful, and that we could be ones who display that to them. 
Let me read these scriptures for us before I invite uh, our families forward this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, but impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, when you go fishing, when you watch the Huskers, when you eat dinner, whatever it is, right? Talk about these things. Let this become a part of your life. Luke chapter 18, but Jesus called the children to him and said, let the little children come to me. Let them come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. That's who the kingdom belongs to. These kids that we're inviting forward this morning. And Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. And so as a community, we're saying, God, we acknowledge all of these things. We want to open ourselves to the beautiful gift that these kids are to us. And I want to invite the families forward now. So Mark and Ashley Husted uh, with Noah and crew, come on up here, guys. Why don't you kind of take this spot right over here? That would be great. I'll invite the Stockdales with Tayton right up here. And I will invite the Marines with uh, Silas and Eloise right over here. How about that, huh? Crew Jackson and Noah May, welcome to our Mosaic family, guys. Uh, Mark and Ashley, what a journey this has been for you and your family. Uh, crew and Noah joining your family through fostering six, six years ago, right? My oh my. And, uh, you know, their siblings were adopted by you guys, and so they come into your family, and now you've adopted them. Um, an amazing journey that you all have been on together. Uh, Mosaic, I want to share with you uh, something that Mark and Ashley shared with us about the journey that they've been on. God has blessed us through them, meaning crew and Noah, by teaching us that the gritty road to their permanency in our family was worth every wound along the way. To have them forever be with their siblings outweighs the logistics of our surprise large family. How many of us could do this? I couldn't. My hand's down. Um, I applaud you guys. Amazing. Uh, Mark, you are a very patient man. Amazing. Um, Ashley, you are on top of it. You're a go-getter. Way to go. Um, but your family, when you guys walk in here to see your faces, all of you, you are a joy to all of us at Mosaic. So thank you for sharing your lives with us. For years, you said, our hearts yearned for kids, and God was like, I got this, and I'm going to make it bigger and more beautiful and way more chaotic than you could have ever dreamed. Crew and Noah, your parents shared with us a verse that they want to share with you, and this is a beautiful, beautiful scripture. 
Do not be afraid, for I have bought you and made you free, God says. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. God is with you every step of the way. When you pass through the rivers, they will not flow over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The fire will not destroy you. And Crew and Noah, your mom and dad so desperately desire you to know God's love for you. And I know they're so incredibly thankful for you. So Crew and Noah, welcome to our family here at Mosaic. Tate and Alan looking very dapper this morning. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Um, well, you know, and Harlow is a big sister. I'm sure Harlow watches over him and kind of, you know, keeps him looking so dapper. So that's yeah. great. Uh, so you guys, yeah, 2020, what a year, right? Um, Tate and joined your family. And in the midst of all that's going on in 2020, uh, the smiles and the happy squeals that our Tatons have come to your home. And I know you shared just the joy that that brings to your hearts, Taylor and Nicole. I want to encourage you. I know one of the best pieces of parenting advice I think I received along the way was this. Um, the days can be long, sometimes really long. Uh, but the years are always short. The years are always short. Um, and so as the joy of God has come to you in Tayton's giggles and smiles, um, our hope for you is that you would just know um, that God's joy can sustain you in the midst of those days that can feel long, but the years are short. So cherish those moments. Uh, Tayton, your mom and dad want to share this bit of scripture with you. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And may that be true of your life, Tayton. Ah, the Marine family, we love you guys. Silas, welcome to the family, buddy. Eloise, welcome to the family. Um, so Eloise, I hear your mom and dad describe you as someone who's both sweet and sassy. Now, I bet that's because your mom is so sweet and your dad is so sassy, right? Yeah. One of the things I love, Eloise, is so your mom and dad talk about you love adventures. Are you always up for adventure? Yeah. And they always talk about how you are maybe stopping and seeing things in creation, whatever it might be, maybe a flower or an animal, something beautiful, and you help your family slow down and see all of God's majesty and all of those adventures that you just really take, right? That's a beautiful thing. Um, and I think I heard that your parents would sing a song, Beautiful Things, to you at night. Um, Brian and Chelsea, can you guys sing that? No? no? no. Um, Eloise, your parents wanted to share with you um, this word of scripture. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. 
And Eloise, our hope for you is that you would keep your eyes wide open and stay curious at all the beautiful things in this world on your adventures that you would just let God teach you along the way, right? Love it. So Silas, cool dinosaur shirt, buddy. I would love that shirt. Um, so Brian and Chelsea, you guys, uh, you thought you were done with three. Um, but, but, that happens sometimes, right? Um, and wow, I know just from what you shared from your hearts, how Silas has been such a purposeful part of your family. Um, and even in the midst of just a trying season of life, so much transition, so much going on how you've seen the faithfulness of God meet you and Silas, and how you've seen so much purpose um, that's been brought to you. I know you shared these words. From the moment we found out we were having Silas, we focused on his purpose. We knew that he would change our family, and he is truly a light everywhere he goes. I love that. Silas, keep being a light, buddy, everywhere you go. Ephesians 2.10 This is the scripture you wanted to share with Silas and us. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So parents, I want to ask you guys some questions. Uh, This is an opportunity for us communally to make some commitments together. Um, which is a beautiful thing in the midst of such an individualistic world, right? To say we're all in this together. And so we would love to hear from you parents. Um, Just four questions I want to ask you. You can wait, and if you agree to all of these, you can answer uh, we do after these four questions. Do you acknowledge that God's blessing has come to you in your child? Secondly, do you acknowledge Jesus as Lord over your life and the life of your child? Do you accept the call on your life as parents to raise your child to know God by looking to Jesus and following him? And last, do you commit yourselves to receive God's grace in your journey of parenting? Oh, how we all need it, right? To receive God's grace. You're not called to do this perfectly. You're just called to do it faithfully in love. Through all the ups and downs, good times and bad times, so you can extend that grace of God to your child. If so, answer, we do. Awesome. Mosaic, I'm going to ask us to stand, all right? Would you stand together? Um, Do we commit, Mosaic, do you commit? We're going to answer, we do, if you agree to this. Do you commit to faithfully love these children and these families, extending God's grace to them and supporting them to know and follow Jesus? If so, answer, we do. Awesome. Well, hey, let's all um, keep standing together, and um, I'm going to invite any, any friends and family who are here who would like to come and just surround these families right now. Please, I want to invite you forward during this time. Um, I'm going to take a little bit of um, just oil here that we're going to place on the forehead of each of these kids, and you know, oil is, is one of those anointing oil in scriptures. It's just one of those tangible signs that God's blessing resides over us, that we're just acknowledging that God loves these children and that God is always loving these children, and his blessing is with them now, and his blessing will surround them always. Crew, God is always loving you, buddy. Noah, God is always loving you. Tayton, 
God is always loving you. Eloise, God is always loving you. Silas, God is always loving you. Satan, Eloise, Silas, Crew, and Noah. For you, Jesus came into the world. For you, he lived and showed God's love. For you, he suffered the darkness of the cross and cried at the last, It is finished. And for you, he triumphed over death and rose in newness of life. And for you, he ascended to reign at God's right hand. All this he did for you, Tayton, Eloise, and Silas, Crew, and Noah, before you knew anything of it. And so the word of Scripture is fulfilled. We love because God loved us first. So Tayton, Eloise, Silas, Crew, and Noah, may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank God that you are a part of our family here at Mosaic, and we dedicate you to God as a beloved one of his family. Let's pray together. God, we just want to, uh, we want to say thank you for this holy moment. There is so much happening all around the world. But there is so much happening right here in these families, in the lives of these children. And it's so much beauty, so much hope, there's so much promise. And so, God, we pray that you would just continue to work beauty and hope and promise in each of these kids and these families, in our church family. Uh, And we give thanks for all that you have done. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give these families a hand, Mosaic, huh? Families, we have some gifts for you, and so uh, Lindsay have them at the back. We'll make sure that you get them. Thank you so much for sharing your lives with us. We're going to sing, uh, sing one more hymn together if you guys could remain standing.
Thanks, guys, for leading us in song this morning. Uh, oh, it's always good to be together and sing. In the moments that we have left, Mosaic, I simply want to ask us this question. What will you choose to set your gaze on this week? What will be your vision? What will you choose to set your eyes on? the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your mind, the eyes of your soul. As we sing that song, Be Thou My Vision, and so I want us to stop and ask that question together. And I think by asking that question and allowing that question to therefore then guide our lives and guide our steps, what comes from that, I believe, is a beautiful gift that we can give to our children, to the generation coming along with us. Uh, I can remember a couple of years ago realizing that in so many ways we become what we behold. We become what we behold. So what, what am I beholding in front of me? And it struck me because my family and I had our first opportunity after moving out here to Nebraska to visit the Rocky Mountains together. We had never been in Rocky Mountain National Park. Uh, and we were excited about the whole experience. Um, so we took the drive, you know, west on I-80 and went under that amazing bridge in Kearney. And, you know, that was, blew our minds away and we're getting pumped up. And, uh, you know, we're living with this excitement. We can't wait to just take in the, the grandeur of the mountains. And, but first we stayed in this hotel before we were going to drive through Rocky Mountain National Park the next day. And um, so you can see the mountains off in a distance. Um, so our hearts are getting ready. We're getting excited. And we get the best night's sleep we can at the hotel. And I go down the next morning to eat breakfast, you know, at the Continental Breakfast. 
Um, and you can't help but like notice on the four TVs that are all around you the cable news network that's, you know, talking to you. And all of a sudden, I found myself in that moment, like, you know, trying to, like, not pay attention, but, like, just cable news, it's just the whole emphasis is to get you upset, right? It's to rile you up. And I have this moment where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting riled up. Like, here, I'm on, va- on vacation. I'm, I'm going to go behold something beautiful and majestic and so full of grandeur, and I'm getting riled up. Um, and so, thankfully, you know, quick left the continental breakfast, and we got back on our trip, and we get in Rocky Mountain National Park, and it's like, yes, um, beholding this, it's, it's really true. We become what we behold. And there's so much um, to behold in our world these days. Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, said this just a few years ago. You'll see it on the screen. Fundamentally, We're about, meaning Netflix, we're about eliminating loneliness and boredom. To which the masses say, yes, thank you, Netflix. Um, But that should cause us to step back and say, whoa, hold on a second here. If it's really true that we become what we behold, we live in a society in which so much around us is wanting to give us an opportunity to immediately escape from that which is difficult. Immediately escape from that which brings us discomfort. Rather than to sit with our questions and to ponder a deeper reality and a deeper meaning, we're constantly being invited to set our gaze on things that give us immediate information, immediate answers, immediate entertainment, Immediate invitations out of loneliness, out of boredom, out of anything that's difficult. We become what we behold. Is it any wonder why we're such a hot mess? And so this morning, I want us to say, God, if we're going to gaze on you, if it's true that we become what we behold, We want to reclaim the art of pondering and the art of pondering who God is because God is fundamentally different than Netflix. God is fundamentally different than one who gives immediate answers, immediate invitations out of loneliness, out of boredom, out of um, anything that stretches us. God is fundamentally different than all of that. I don't know how many of you in the morning you like to make a pour over coffee. Um, That's how I start my day. I don't know what I would do if I had to start my day any other way. But I have a kettle, and um, over time, the bottom of the kettle um, undergoes a chemical reaction on the surface. You see that brown film that's there. Uh, That process is known as patina. Patina, it's a a surface coating that's forced by a reaction. For one, I'm incredibly grateful, although it doesn't really have a choice, that my kettle is willing to stay on the burner. It's willing to go through the process. It's willing to um, undergo this transformation because this kettle is what then pours over the ground 
beings and provides me with so much life. Mosaic, the reason I share this with us is because some of you right now, the heat is on. You're being stretched. You're uncomfortable. You feel the pressure. And it's nice to have immediate answers. It's nice to have immediate escape from all of that. It's nice to have uh, an immediate kind of ushering out of that. But if we're willing to stay in it, there's a transformation that happens in our lives and our lives undergo kind of this patina effect where then we become people who are engaging with the world in a different kind of way. We're engaging with our God in a different kind of way. And we become a people who say, if I'm willing to stay in this, perhaps there's a transformation that's taking place so that my life can be poured out for the benefit of the world all around me. And I know some of you are feeling, and I'm burning up here, God. I want out of this. I want out of this. And my hope for us this morning is that we could take just a moment and that we would reset our gaze and just say, hold on a second here. Perhaps there's something deeper going on. I want to real quick look at two people who responded to the heat in different kinds of ways. John chapter 18 Starting in verse 28, then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas, who was the the high priest, to the palace of the Roman governor. Um, Jesus has been causing a firestorm through some of his claims, through his healings, through his miracles. Uh, People are asking all kinds of questions. Who is this man? What does this mean? Uh, By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate, who's the Roman governor, came out to them and asked, what charges are you bringing against this man? Now Pilate here is probably just greatly troubled because this is just an interruption to his day. If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Was that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? My Jew, Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Pilate asked, what is truth? And with this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there. Now notice, Pilate asks, what is truth? There's a firestorm going all around him. Things are incredibly complex. He's uncomfortable. He's got things he's got to get on with his day, right? The world needs to be taken care of. He's got to govern. He's got to do all of this. But what is truth, he says? And I think that that's what a lot of us are asking in the midst of our lives today. What is truth? Because we look around at the world and we're like, forget it. Everything's on fire. And people who claim to have the truth are setting all kinds of fires, Just throw it all away. I'm going to get on with living my life, doing my thing, and just trying to, you know what, 
just try to love people the best I can. Not that that's not a bad idea, not a bad plan. But here's the tendency, guys. The tendency is that we just kind of stop becoming people who are willing to stop and gaze at the presence of Jesus right in front of us. The reality of his kingdom that is present with us. Just a few days ago, the Christian church celebrated what was known as Ascension Day. I think it's one of the most um, under-celebrated, under-thought-about days in the Christian calendar. Jesus ascends up into heaven. He's taken from his disciples 40 days after his Easter resurrection. And it's easy to think, okay, Jesus just kind of floats off to some heavenly place way beyond the stars. And it is any wonder why people are like, no thanks, I really have no interest in your magical fairy tale thinking. Jesus is not just floating off to some other place far beyond the stars. Ascension Day is a reality that Jesus is entering another dimension right there that's present in the midst of the dimension that these disciples are experiencing day in and day out, in the midst of all of the chaos, in the midst of all of the nations. But Jesus is leaving that dimension, and he's entering another dimension that's right there near their own. And Jesus ultimately is the king of this kingdom, of this dimension that is present in the midst of this one. And so here Pilate is being asked, what is truth? But he doesn't even have the opportunity. Pilate asks the question, what is truth? But he leaves Jesus. He asks Jesus that question, what is truth? But he's unwilling to stay and actually interact with the presence of Jesus, to truly be taught, to truly be led, to truly be ushered to that place where he has to ask some hard questions about his own life, about the way the world is about what his part is in the world. What is truth? And with this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there because he'd much rather just get on with his day, make the decisions that need to be made, do what needs to be done. Now let me pause there and then counteract this with another individual. So Mary, the mother of Jesus, She's with Joseph, they've been on their journey, and she finds herself in the moment where she's given birth to Jesus. And the announcement is made to the shepherds, and these shepherds come to Bethlehem, and Mary is seeing all of this unfold. And of course, here's this young Jewish girl who probably is asking all kinds of questions. What does this mean for me? How how might I be rejected? How is my life going to be so different because of all of this? What is going to be asked of me? Because Jesus is present here in my midst. And in Luke chapter 2, verses 19, we read these words. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She's beholding God who has come to be with us. Now think about it, God comes to be with us in the midst of the firestorm of that world, in the midst of that day and age, but he comes as a helpless baby who he himself needs to be on the receiving end of human care. 
If God is actually coming in and stepping into the world, wouldn't it make sense that God would come in and do something? Wouldn't it make sense that God would step in and like start to change things? God the CEO, right? God the visionary. God the entrepreneur. Come on, step in and do things. But the reality is God comes, and as God comes to be with us, Mary's beholding and pondering the reality that I think this God is incredibly patient. This God moves at a very slow pace. This God isn't willing just to come in and like fix things right away, but this God is actually inviting us to a deeper reality. Rather than focusing on everything that we need to be fixed, are we willing to actually sit and realize who this God is and how this God is so fundamentally different than the way that we tend to interact with the world around us? Mosaic, when you are witnessing God doing nothing, for instance, Pilate there, what is truth? And Jesus is very slow to answer. In fact, Jesus doesn't give much of an answer at all. When you are witnessing God doing nothing, Mary is there and God shows up in human flesh, but he's there just receiving, doing nothing, just present with us. When you are witnessing God doing nothing, you are not witnessing the absence of God. And I know that's a harsh reality that we all wrestle with. And sometimes we want to just say, you know what, God, I don't, it feels like you're doing nothing. I don't know if you're even here. I don't even know if you're real. I'm just going to get on with my life and just, you know what, whatever. Just do the best I can and try to treat people with respect. But I think we miss out on the reality of fundamentally what it means to be a human being. I've seen so many people lay aside just the, the practice of actually pondering, who is God? Who is God? God is a, is a slow-moving, patient God. Here's what I want us to walk away with this morning. When it feels like you are witnessing the absence of God you are almost always witnessing the patience of God. When it feels like you are witnessing the absence of God, you are almost always witnessing the patience of God. And would you be willing to ponder the patience of God, that he is present with you in whatever you are patiently enduring now, And as you behold the patience of God, you become what you behold. And so as you behold the patience of God, you become the patience of God for your own life, for your own transformation, but also for the world around you to practice patience, faithfulness in lament, because I know that's hard, but also pondering in complexity is to be right in the middle of what God is doing. And so often when you feel like God is absent and you're apart from what God is doing, you're actually right in the middle of it. Because when it feels like God is absent doing nothing, you're witnessing the patience of God at work. And that is so fundamentally different than what our world invites us to behold. And so if we become what we behold, I wonder what you will become this week. I wonder what you will behold. Are you willing to stick with it, to stay on the burner? Say, God, when it feels like you're doing nothing, I'm not witnessing your absence, I'm witnessing your patience. And I want that patience to become a part of my life. And something happens then where I become something different. I'm transformed into who you are for the world, that I can be that for the world. 
when you're uncomfortable this week, and I want to invite the, the worship team to come forward at this time as they prepare to lead us in our last song. The patience of God, Mosaic, the patience of God isn't fundamentally concerned about what works in the moment. The patience of God is not concerned about what works in the moment. The patience of God is fundamentally concerned about being with us, about being with us and us pondering this presence and responding in the faithful way of Jesus, the patient way of Jesus for the sake of the world. So when you feel uncomfortable this week, when you feel, when you feel lonely, when you feel uncomfortable, when you feel that anxiety rising, when you want answers, when the frustration is real, would you stop and ponder the reality that Jesus and his kingdom is very near and present in our world? That's what ascension is all about. Jesus isn't escaping to some far-off place beyond the stars, but he's actually more accessible to you and I in another dimension that is present right here in the midst of this reality. Would you stop and ponder the presence of this kingdom and of this king? And then, here's the good news, that because you become what you behold, if you're willing to ponder that kingdom and that presence, as you practice beholding that, know that that kingdom is taking shape and form in you. That kingdom is taking shape and form in you. That's it. Just stop and ponder the reality. God is patient. His kingdom is near. He desires simply for you to ponder his presence. And as you become what you behold, know that your life will just gradually take on a whole transformation. Not just for your sake, not just for your family's sake, not just for Mosaic's sake, but for the sake of the world around us. And so Mosaic, I want you to know that right now, if you're, you're feeling the heat, you're on the burner, um, the kingdom that's very much present here in our midst, that kingdom is for you. That kingdom is for you now. It's not for those who have it all together. It's not for those who can um, smile and give great testimony all the time. It's for those who are saying, man, I feel like God is absent. I feel like walking away, but I'm willing to stay here and ponder longer because I'm not just witnessing the absence of God. I'm actually witnessing the patience of God. And this kingdom is for me, and as I as I behold this, I can become this. Let's stand together as we sing this final song, Mosaic.
Blessed are the 
you help us this week and um, always really to be on, on the lookout for where your kingdom is and where you're bringing it, um, God, and, and in those unexpected places. We thank you for um, your presence here this morning. Amen. Thank you, Mosaic, for joining us here today. It's been so wonderful to see all of you. Um, and yeah, just going out into the world with that self-emptying love and noticing those moments of patience. God is not absent when he is not doing anything. He is always with us. If you're a part of our Mosaic family, we invite you into giving. Um, there is a giving station in the back, or you can give online as well. Um, and here at Mosaic, we're doing every other Sunday one person, or one Sunday all together as a big church, and then we do what we call Tessera Sundays. So Tesseras are the individual pieces of a mosaic, and we recognize that church is not a building, but rather a movement that we can all collectively step in together. So on every other Sunday, we ask you to meet in your families, meet in small groups, and use the materials provided to engage in that rhythm here with us. We also know that being part of church is being part of celebration and fellowship together. So on Friday, May May 28th, we will be meeting at Peter Pan Park just over here. It's a bring your own picnic just to celebrate and enjoy fellowship here together. We hope to see you all soon. Have a wonderful Sunday. My name's Emma. If we haven't met before, I'd love to meet you. Take care.